Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the All Things Strength and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Burke, and we are brought to you by upmentorship.com, one of the top strength and conditioning resources available online today. This episode, I'm delighted to have Charlie Weingroff come back onto the show. Charlie has previously been on the show way back on episode 17. So on this episode, Charlie and I discuss what's new with Charlie, Charlie's thoughts on the work of Andrea Spina, Charlie's current thoughts on the Postural Restoration Institute, and if Charlie could invite anyone to dinner, who would it be and uh, why? And we also covered much more throughout this podcast. I hope you guys really enjoy this show. Okay, Charlie Weingroff, it's an absolute pleasure to have you come back onto the show. As I just said to you offline, I can't believe it was December 2012 when you were first on the show. So, uh, <laughs> well, well, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was 2010, and uh, obviously we've probably known each other since before then. So yeah, I, yeah. Don't, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, so uh, no, like you thought it was longer. I thought, I thought it was a little bit shorter. But uh, I obviously we, we've known each other through strength coach since about 2008, 2009. But uh, no, it's absolutely brilliant to have you back on, and, and it's it, for anyone listening. I've you know, every few weeks I send out emails to guys saying, "Would you like to come on the show?" And Charlie was the first one yesterday. He came back, and goes, "Yeah, how about tomorrow?" I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so here we are, and yeah. it's uh, it's great to have you back on. So Charlie, I most of the listeners are going to know who you are and your background. So you know, uh, and if they want to get more of your background, they can obviously uh, go back to the episode you were on previously, which I'll link in the show notes. But uh, basically, what what what's, what's been happening since you were last in the podcast over the last four years, and particularly what's going on lately in 2016 if you want to fill us in in what's new in the world of Charlie Weingroff yeah well I'll tell you it's interesting uh, probably since then I think we have all seen a uh, um, a tremendous not so much shift but a, a tremendous focus on you know how we consume information and what appears to be motivating uh, a lot of coaches, like, and I'm talking about you know fitness coaches. Not not I mean everybody is a coach in my in my terminology, but but I think I, I we, we've seen um, with the burgeoning message, you know, and and uh, obviously I, I take some responsibility, but I'm not the only one responsible for this of trying to um, demonstrate how everyone can work together. And it's obvious that a lot of people have taken that message in 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 a very altruistic way, a very you know, what they thought was a positive way. And instead of working together, they tried to get their hands into a bunch of things that uh, maybe eliminated others from having to work together. And maybe that's the one of the things that, that maybe we start talking about a little bit uh, since the last time I was on, because I actually believe everything that, that I have ever said. There might be some nuts and bolts and techniques, et cetera, that I maybe have deprioritized, et cetera. So I still believe you know, that there's one big human system that works off specific adaptations to impose demands. And if we do a very, very keen, a very, very brilliant evaluation, the answers are, are very, very easy. Um, but what I think people have misinterpreted maybe over the last four years since I was on the podcast or uh, for a long, long time, that, that, that doesn't mean... That doesn't mean uh, it doesn't mean one person does everything. It, it means it means everybody works together, and we've seen that with the you know a lot of courses are available to non-healthcare providers, but they're really just rehab things. And mm. and uh, then you have your your healthcare professionals, um, you know, you know, trying to, to, to do fitness things that are totally non-stimulative and really laughable. 
So I think the biggest thing that maybe I've changed is, is in my public message on, no, 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 I didn't say everybody should do, I said everybody should know everything. I didn't say everybody should do everything. And in, and in terms of answering that call, I've shifted some of the public messages to some, some very, um, you know, some things on the other side in terms of fitness, which is where we're going to go with the third DVD is, is just talk about, okay, hey, this is what Charlie does. You know, a couple years ago when he showed up to Camp Lejeune, it was really primarily just a strength coach. And these are the neurological and physiological uh, principles that talk about training uh, rather than, than just uh, rehab or, or motor skill acquisition, etc. So I think that's the big thing where it really bothers me that a lot of people are getting their hands into stuff and they're just not good at it. And, and they, leave that, they, leave, they leave so much out of these courses um, where you basically can achieve in two days how to become a really bad physical therapist. And um, it's, it's frustrating to see what these people are doing because if you, if you don't take eight to ten hours a day to practice some of these uh, motor skill acquisition and mobility things, then you're not only not getting good at that, but you're also not getting good at the fitness stuff either. I really want everybody just to work together, and then that's how you can start to see some of these pretty fantastic uh, results or just uh, really empowering the, uh, the human adaptation process. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you, you've been preaching that for, for a while now, in fairness, because I, I can actually remember hearing you, um, I, I don't know if you necessarily said this on, on the episode you were on with me previously, but I've definitely heard you say it in other places that, you know, you felt nearly responsible after the first training equals rehab that, you know, your your message was misinterpreted and, you know, that everyone should be doing this. And you were like, no, no, your, your kind of concept is that everyone should be able to hold a conversation and have a knowledge in all these areas of general knowledge, but, you know, that they should specialize in one area and realize that that's where they're specialized and not think that because that's they think, right. because yeah. they take a two-day course, now they're specialized in another area. You just want them to have more general knowledge so that they can hold that conversation yeah, with the professional. The, the, the problems are the same. The problems mm. are that you know we have trainers that and fitness folks that are basically just burying people whether they don't care about good form or they're just using zany uh, physiological profiles and then we have our healthcare providers who just do nothing I mean they, they just they just they just don't they don't help people change so the problems are the same we're trying to answer those problems but um, you know it wasn't it, it's almost like um, your car doesn't work so you bring it to your guy, and he, he's going to say, he's going to put his arm around you and say, Robbie, listen, man, um, I think you need new brakes, but I don't do brakes. I'm pretty sure you need brakes, but that's not what I really do. So I want you to go down the street and see my guy, Charlie, and he's, he's the best brakes guy you know, in town. And, and don't worry about me. You know, hey, listen, if you're whole, that's all that matters. I know that, that maybe if I'm going to get some repeat business, it'll be because you think I'm a good guy and I know what I didn't know. And that's not what people do. They they try their hardest, and they're not bad people. They're not. They're, it's not that there's there's this charlatan action. It's not. Well, there certainly are tons of charlatans. We know that. But but you know, if, if the guy tried to fix your brakes, he was going to do the best he could because he's so afraid that the brake guy is going to say something different, or or mm, the brake mm, guy is going to take absolutely. his money that he could have gotten from you. And that's just not the. It's just not what I was trying to get across. I don't really care if you don't make a lot of money. The reason you don't make a lot of money probably is because you suck, and 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 you're not good at what you do, or you don't have any kind of business model. But um, that's that's right. Everyone should be in the conversation, and we should know that even if the guy know doesn't even know that it's breaks, uh, uh, he should be able to say, you know what, this is this isn't what I do well. 
Um, I could, if you want to bring it back tomorrow, I can run a couple more tests. But right now, I'm not seeing what's going on. And quite frankly, I actually do that a lot myself because on the days that I show up to work and I have to be a physical therapist, a lot of people are coming to me with the expectation that I can do magic. And, and you know, certainly there's some times where we can get a very dramatic result very quickly. That doesn't mean they're fixed. It just means that we have a very strong, reliable plan to go on. But there's other times that the reason they're coming to see me for magic is basically because they're destroyed. They need surgery. And, and I'm like, listen, Robbie, um, I'm going to need you to see my guy. Uh, you can go to whoever you want, but I'm just telling you I'm not going to take your money again. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure that we need to do something with that shoulder. And most people know that, and um, that's really what I was trying to get across. So, yeah, you've heard, man, that's just something that comes to mind where it's, uh, it's so frustrating because I'm the one that has to fix it. And, and you got these people doing these you know, ridiculous breathing exercises and wrapping themselves up with a rubber band and, and putting stim units on and all this nonsense that, that actually is grounded somewhere, like six degrees. It's actually grounded in something that a physical therapist would do. But, but they, when you learn these things, they leave the parts out that, hey, this stuff doesn't always work. And, and because you don't have eight to ten hours to start to practice, you know, uh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, moving right and left to see what techniques work, you, you, just, you just keep doing it and you keep doing it and keep doing it. And we're taking physiological time frames, such as maybe four to six weeks, four to eight weeks, to measure the effectiveness of something that should take a neurological time frame, which is sometimes four to six seconds. Uh, we know that some of the traumatic results from manual therapy, which are really just affecting the brain, um, you, know, you do one technique and all of a sudden there's this magical result. That's how long those techniques are supposed to take based on specific adaptation to impose demands. That, uh, you could even argue that that's not even an adaptation. You could argue that's really an adjustment mm. um, or a very acute adaptation. Excuse me, and and then you have you have other things to do, but again, they leave that part out of those courses. Where oh no no, you're just good. You crack somebody's neck and moves great. Oh yeah yeah, just come back and see me next week. We'll crack it again. Rather than foray into the motor skill acquisition tunnel, which is really what you're supposed to do after you've changed this nervous system's control of that joint. So um, interesting things, and and um, that's really something that. I, I, again, I can look anybody in the eye and be like, I haven't really changed what I thought, but maybe I need to get better at, at relaying it because if that many people miss the message, you know, maybe it's my fault. And that's how I'm going to answer the call by, by changing my tone a little bit on certain topics, but also talking a lot more about fitness and, and what are the things that drive and motivate me to understand about fitness. Because you know, what I find interesting, you know, I travel you know, a lot of different places there's some places that think all I all I am is a strength coach. They don't even know that I'm a physical therapist, and then vice versa, where I find people you know suggest that uh, oh he's just a physical therapist. What does he know about lifting? You know where uh, you know, <laughs> you know I'm, I'm not sure they're aware that I've had 936 pounds on my back, um, which doesn't make me a strength coach, but it makes me know a little bit more about mobilizing joints. So um, interesting things, and uh, you know we'll see we'll see what we uh, choose to continue to to chat about today. Yeah, I mean, just to bring bring the point back there to, you know, you were using the analogy of, you know, 
the car and the brakes and you kind of brought the point there that that the person's afraid that if if what he says is contradicted by the other person i mean lately i've been reading a lot of uh, philosophy and self-development stuff well, to be honest we've been reading a lot of that for the last two to four years and it comes back to this idea of you know the ego versus self and I suppose the reason why people want to know everything is it's this ego thing. They always want, like, I, I know everything, I'm right, so this is why, I, I, look at me, I, I'm, I'm such a genius that I can specialise in strength and condition and rehab and nutrition and functional medicine and I combine it all together. Whereas, you know, as you said, the person only respects you more if you say, listen, I know that something's not right, but I don't know what it is. I, I would refer you on to this person and, and they see that with a lot more respect, so... I, I definitely kind of went through those phases too in my own career where like you know I wanted to be the guy who knew it all and then the more I was around wise people like yourself and Coach Boyle and Eric Cressy and Mike Robertson and you know other people of course even outside of this industry the more I realised you just can't know it all I know enough to know that I don't know it all and that I actually don't know a lot so um, but you're 100% right I think people respect that more when you say listen all I know is that something isn't right and this is definitely out of my, my profession and my scope of practice so uh, I would advise that you know you go see this person or such and such so I couldn't agree with that more Cool, cool. I knew, I knew you were okay with me, Robbie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's it's funny too. Like you know, you're saying you feel you know you need to get your message across a bit better. Just reading a very famous quote from Ralph Ralph Waldo Emerson himself is that to be great is to be misunderstood. You know, and his like, his concept was that like all the great people throughout history, their message has always been misunderstood. Like you know, Jesus and. Yeah, uh, you know, I'll well, it, I'm I'm gonna uh, I'll I'll refrain by putting myself into that category. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if people want to put me into that category. That, that that's fine. That's yeah. fine with me. But uh, like you see, you see, the, you see it even too with the FMS guys because I, I know lately like I uh, I saw Lee Burton uh, Lee Burton give a talk at um, Mike Boyle's Strength Condition on Body by Boyle and you know he was kind of saying the same thing that like you know maybe it's it's our it's the FMS kind of fault for for maybe not being as clear because you you know yourself me me and you are very influenced obviously by the FMS and a lot of the time we're, we're always having to de- defend the FMS uh, against false assumptions and and Lee Burton was kind yeah. of saying that maybe that's because of the way we present the material it wasn't as clear as we could have been so you know there's there's always there's always going to be seen, I haven't seen that one did they did they cut me out of that one because I was there with Lee presenting oh, oh were you uh, I, I don't know I, I've only there's like nine videos I only watched like the first uh, I, I only watched like the first six and I've only got to the part where he's just screening some of the guys NBC but at the very start he just went through a basic lecture and he, he was just saying that maybe maybe you know, that was um yeah, I don't. You know, whether people go out and buy Body by Boyle or not is their business. Yeah. That was um, I, I, when when we finished that, I I put my arm around Lee figuratively and I said, I'm gonna tell you what, man, that was one of the best um, exposures uh, that that everyone you know that that you've ever done. Mm. And obviously, I've been part of you know following and now you know, in, in different formal layers of being involved with FMS since 2004. Yeah. And, and I think part of the reason was um, when, you're at, when you're at MBSC, I think Lee felt there's a degree of comfort that everyone in the room had a certain level of just knowledge. Yeah. Right? And, you know, it's very hard sometimes when you teach a level one, which, you know, is really kind of falling off the board. I'm pretty sure that the only way to be level one is going to have to be with the, uh, the online. And, and then also there was a comfort level that not only everybody in the room was, was highly intelligent or at least intelligent to a certain level, um, there was a comfort that 
you know, there, there was, he didn't really have to convince every, anybody. Anybody yeah. was there. They were already, you know, to a degree on board and familiar with the methods. And, and he wound up presenting in, in such a different way because I think because of the comfort level that he had with, with that particular room. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, a lot of times when I talk about it, it's, I don't represent the company for, per, per se. I represent me. So I can say different things, and 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 I think I think what what Lee probably told you is absolutely right, you know, or what you heard him say on that video is absolutely right. And and look, if if uh, you know we, we take these risks of being public messengers, and um, and and certainly there's rewards, and and uh, you know you just put it out there, and, and then when you get an opportunity maybe like this to to explain really where you're at, then um, you know, and then the other the other. The other direction that I've gone is I just, you know, I don't, I just don't, I just ignore it. Mm. I don't, um, I've got a lot more important things to worry about than what Joey Bag of Donuts on the internet thinks. Yeah, and, yeah. um, it's, it's, if, if I, I'm not going to continue to expose myself to these just dangerous, just scummy, scumbag individuals, you know what, if you don't agree with what we're talking about, then, you know, it's cool. Let's, let's talk about something else. And, and I think if we were able to do that. I think that goes back to what you were talking about with the ego. Um, you know, it's it's like we're all you know if we're in fitness, there's a, there's some there's there's some DNA in us that that says that we have to win, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But it's you know sometimes in in every quest to win, you're probably going to lose a lot. And golly, if you have never lost, man, there's a storm coming, and, and you're not going to know what to do uh, when when you lose. And um, I think I think it's interesting some of the things that that. Um, that I talk about, you know, when, when people listen a little bit more and they're more in, they're interested in things other than mobility, stability, and mitochondria, uh, it, it, winning is, you know, sometimes you got to sit on the bench and watch other people score the baskets. And I find that a lot, a lot of people would rather just do what they want to do rather than win. And they want to do their stuff. They want to they want to believe what they believe, and whoever gets to them first, that's the one that works. Because I can. You know, typically dismantle within minutes most of the things that I think are garbage, yet are somehow incredibly popular because they're taught in this incredibly evangelistic way. They're taught to individuals, non-healthcare providers that are just searching and like what you say for ego, or maybe I think it's because they just want money. They want to be able to keep the clients, and and I can dismantle these things, and yet they fight back. And I'm like, why do I even bother? Like I just categorically prove that everything that you believe is garbage. And you were fooled, you were tricked, you were hoodwinked, you were horsewoggled. And so I just give up. I just move away. And, I, and I'm like, all right, man, that's cool. Let's talk about football. And um, it's interesting uh, how, how over the last several years, and again, like we mentioned, we probably met, you know, figuratively on the Internet. That's how people meet nowadays. But maybe since 07 or 08 when it was michaelboyle.biz and, and how things have changed and uh it's it's really very very uh, very interesting in a lot of ways very disappointing because I think clients and patients are the ones that uh, that are really losing while these idiots think that they're the ones that are winning so it's uh, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, I mean, like in a, in a grand scope of thing, it's like it, it, it all comes back to like having some type of knowledge in terms of human behavior and uh, you know, be- behavioral science and, and you know what why people are the way they are like when it comes to these kind of uh, collisions that happen online 
um, you know, with people being very opinionated on it. All you can do with those people is just have compassion and empathy towards them and realize again that it's an, it's an egotistical thing and that's just where they're at at their, their current moment in life when they want to have these arguments. But uh, you're right, though. For the most part, I, I, I'm the same as you. I just uh, ignore it now. But just when I'm, whenever I'm teaching the FMS to people, I always kind of arm them with a bit of knowledge. Like, like So I always kind of give, it's basically like a level one I give. And I say, right, what's going to happen to you guys is this is your first time seeing the FMS. And you're going to go out now and meet some physio who has a little bit of knowledge about it. And he'll have all these false assumptions about the FMS. He'll make all these criticisms based on false assumptions. He'll go, ah, it's a lot of crap. So I'm saying here are the top four criticisms you're gonna get. Uh, you're you're gonna get against. You're gonna get against the FMS based off all jumps, and I just give them a little bit of armor, you know. And uh, but what really annoys me the most is that it sounds like me and you are just like these FMS zealots, like we're like fundamental Christians, like no, God created the world, and that's the way it is, and the Bible's literal, and, and like it's not like that. I also say to people, this could be politics, history, anything. It's just what grinds my gears is people giving. Uh, given their opinions based on things they don't have the full facts about you know people yeah. give, ba- basing criticisms of false assumptions like i always use the analogy charlie of like if someone said to me robbie do you think we'll get to mars and i'd be like no we'll never get to mars don't be ridiculous i have no right to give that opinion i know nothing about the nasa program to mars like so uh yeah it just just grinds my gears when people you know g- give give criticisms based off false assumptions or or give their opinion when they don't really they're not entitled to the opinion because they don't know the yeah. facts inside out you know so well, i've had um I've had some of my most, um, I, I would say, you know, as it relates to this topic, some of the, mo- the some of the proudest uh, moments where I've either been paid to consult or just been a part of a conversation um, where, where I get the feedback that relates to, wow, I haven't really... And you just use different words. You use different words to explain it, so that makes a lot more sense. Or, yes... I want you to present with me, except you do everything that you do. I believe in what you do now. I totally understand. You just you, you just can't call it the FMS. I said, well, I can't call it the FMS anyway because I'm not teaching the FMS. I'm, uh, I'm just teaching what I do. And and I think one 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 of the bucket of words that we can put together to to better uh, bring together more people is the why 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 do we need a movement screen? Well, we need a movement screen because we need to determine if joints can get into the right positions to absorb and adapt to stress. You mm-hmm. decide what stress is. You decide what your fitness is because if your fitness doesn't require a lot of joint positions, then you can maybe have what what would amount to a lower score. But there's no such thing as a bad score. There's just a score. It's just information. So if you don't have a highly, um, you know, very, very round, very, very varied fitness program you don't need a lot of different joint positions um but and if you don't have the joint positions but you want them how are you going to get them you're going to you're going to apply a mobility stressor or you're going to apply a painful modulation stressor Mm. you see how like i'm talking in words and no one can argue but uh joint joints are four things and uh, so every the, the joints tie everything together no matter what it is that we do in human performance you need joints to do it um you know because even if you take like a even a psychological endeavor where there's no there's no movement the reason for the psychological is to is to carry over to some kind of locomotor activity so so you need points in, in which to move so i'm going to say that joints are nice joints are weird joints are stuck or joints are effed and and if a joint is nice that means you should believe that you should be able to apply any stress 
posture that you want and get a reliable response. And that's that's fitness, that's motor skills, etc. Sometimes joints are weird, where in one position, the joint can show you an excursion that you want it to do, except the person can't do it on their own. So if you take some logic and you limit, you change the positions, um, take a squat, for instance. So the person is squatting and they look crazy, but on their back, they can eat their knees and then they have great dorsiflexion. Well, why can't they squat that? Mm. Well, because they don't, they don't have the motor skill to do it. You have to teach them the motor skill. But again, you cannot acquire new motor skills if the joints can't even get into the right position in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And then you find that joints are stuck. So you, you know that they need to squat, but when you change positions, change stability demands, eliminate joints, and active versus passive, and the joints are still not doing what you want them to do, you apply a mobility stressor. And I'm not even going to tell you what, what does mobility mean. There's tons of, of interventions that can improve mobility. And then lastly, sometimes joints sometimes joints are F, they're screwed. There's something wrong. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong at the structures of the joint, but obviously the brain perceiving that when the joint moves from here to that, there's something. So now you need a different level of intervention to change that. That's exactly what the functional movement system delivers. It will tell you if your joints are nice. It will tell you if your joints are in a position to learn. It will tell you if your joints need more excursion. And it will tell you if your joints hurt. And I can do that in 12 minutes. Every joint in the body. And, and it's, it's just laughable as to why um, these individuals you know, or anybody would argue with what I just said. Yes, every single joint in the body, if you do it properly. And the problem is, and now we can go back and... and wherever we... Wherever, how come no one's ever explained it that way? How do you... People don't do the FMS correctly, and and uh, I don't know why that is. But that's um, you know, where can joints get in the right positions to absorb adaptive stress is is really it's not movement quality, it's not a movement standard, it's not injury prediction, it's not performance prediction. Can joints get into the right positions to absorb and adapt to stress? You decide everything after that, and and it's a um, nothing else matters if the joints can't get in the right positions. Um, my training will not be reliable. Um, I will have to come overcome internal resistance, which will then speak to the efficiency of my training and or my readiness, neuromuscular fatigue. Uh, it's, it's, it's so simple. And I, obviously I think that's probably what offends people, that, that, that they, can't, they, can't, they, they can't accept the simplicity of it. Can joints get in the right positions? Well, why do I need to use the FMS to do that? Okay, what are you using? That actually can get you to this, can get you to those four tunnels as quickly as, as I can, and and it's not a competition because if it was a competition, it wouldn't even be a competition. But this is this is the these are the solutions that we're looking for with something like the FMS, and indeed um, we probably need screens for sports specific uh, activities as well because when I say every joint in the body is being screened, that's true. And I think we're learning about the positions for general physical preparedness. But we could get to touch points where we probably don't have the huge degrees of excursions that we need in some sports. Uh, so we probably need a sport-specific screen after the FMS that we see with something like Titleist Performance Screen or what we use with soccer or what uh, we've recently developed with basketball. So it's uh, that's, that's the explanation. I, I really would have a hard time there. You know, how do you, how do you do every joint? Okay, well, just watch me do it. Like whether, you know, well, you don't do the toes. Yes, you do. You have your toes in the lunge. You have your toes in the push-up. You know, what are you?
talking about there's no toes. In fact, you also have toes and rotor stability because you have to get your toes up underneath you. And um, you know, it's just uh, very strange as to why people reject it so much. But that's okay. Not everybody has to do the same thing. And some people can be on the B team. That, that's, I mean, at some point, you get to, I don't know, maybe you're reading about that in your philosophy books too. Like at some point, you just got to walk away. It's like this mm. is it's like talking to a watermelon. Like it, it's really laughable. So, Charlie, I, I have a, a question I wanted to ask is um, in regards to uh, Andrew Spina's work. I was on YouTube when I was looking at a few of his videos, and, and in one of the videos, it was actually I could see yourself and Anthony Renna in, in the audience. So, obviously, that was the one in New York. So, what, what did you think of Spina's course, and have you integrated any of his work into your own work? Well, I think, uh, um, first of all, this is absolutely fantastic, and I think there's a lot more to be had from from uh, from from uh, from Andreo's knowledge and, and his commercial products for the healthcare provider because it's probably the um, the the most paramount. It's it's probably the best, most scientifically driven manual therapy course that I've taken. It checks every box as to what happens when we touch someone uh, scientifically. And how do we actually change the excursion and control the excursion? So the video that you probably saw was the more fitness-based course, which obviously everyone should be taking. Mm. Is um, you know from a uh, how do we uh, once you have this excursion, how do you control it? And and that would probably those techniques straddle like in my four buckets, they probably straddle mobility and a very, very fundamental level of motor skill acquisition because at some point everything really does you know, blend over to each other. So um, you know, I, I think just like any course, uh, I really wish that there would be a more complete message of saying, hey, this isn't everything. That is the primo, absolute best stuff uh, for certain things, but to suggest that you don't need other things I wish I wish a lot of people would would do a better job um, of that, but but I, I highly recommend it. Um, I think the the uh, tenants you know from the manual therapy courses are are just a hundred percent, just totally totally brilliant and scientific, and and I think um, the, the the those same scientific principles on how we're able to um, support the mobility changes that we make with our hands or tools or needles. Uh, is it, we, we've seen this stuff before. Uh, we've seen it. I know I primarily learned it uh, from Pavel, uh, maybe about 10 years ago. And, and Spino is very clear about this. He's like, this is not new. Um, it, it's very, very grounded in PNF going back to the 50s and taking advantage of a lot of those principles of tension, excuse me, of tension and relaxation in order to affect the quality of the tissue. So Spina will teach more uh, uh, tension strategies, which are highly modulated by the brain. And the most important thing is that you, you have a reason as to why you're doing them. And you're not just doing them just because they look cool. And again, these are all things that I think Spina does a fantastic job. I, I just, if I did have a critique, I just wish that there was uh, a stronger line drawn because now you're, you're, you're basically getting the, the best stuff there is out there to, excuse me, to improve joint excursions. And we're putting this in the hands of fitness people who couldn't care less that the person has pain. No, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. 
you know, I wish we I wish we all did a better job of drawing that line and making people understand, making them understand, not 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 giving them a little water. I need them with a fire hose that when that hip hurts, do not do this. Uh, because you know why? Because things don't work reliably when you're in pain, and not to mention you don't know that that's something medically generated. You don't know that that's cancer um, as to why their back hurts. And, and, to, and to skip over those things, I just think is just really not cool. Um, but uh, it is a great example where I can speak you know, a little bit negatively. I've still recommended the course, and I still will support the course. And I still think a guy like Spina is absolutely fantastic and brilliant. Um, I just wish that we would you know, be, just be really keen into when we're messing with things that maybe don't meet a, uh, a high standard. So I would highly recommend that people, you know, learn the FMS and the SFMA and then go to Spina's course because then you'll be able to see when to use them, more importantly, when not to use those techniques. And that's, again, probably something he doesn't care for. But, again, it comes from a lack of understanding of what the FMS and the SFMA are. It's just a closet organizer. Um, it'll just tell you when to do certain things. Now, if you see an issue of mobility or a low or fundamental motor skill acquisition, that is the absolute best course to take uh, to achieve those particular goals. The FMS or the SFMA will tell you when to do them, not some two- or three-day course. And have you taken much from Spina's work and integrated it into your own practice? Of course, of course. Again, I'd like to be able to say that I was doing some of that stuff already. Mm. Um, from a rehabilitation level, you know, when you're when you're hands on with somebody, um, I would, yeah, you know, again, uh, I'll run the risk of him getting mad at me, but I would call that uh, PNF. You know, very um, you know low levels of of contract and relax, both agonist and antagonist, and. Of course, he's going to make up words that make sense to him to, uh, you know, to, to categorize the techniques. I tend to think we shouldn't be making up words if they don't make it easier to understand. So when we you know, look at things from PNF, um, you know, these are just brilliant, brilliant strategies because if we are going to change the nervous system's uh, uh, transient uh, effect on a joint, so if we use a breathing strategy, if we use manual therapy, if we use needles, if we scrape, if we you know, jam our elbow into somebody, and then all of a sudden the joint moves. Well, remember, the joint could always move because if something changes that fast, it had to be neurological. Mm. Um, and now if the joint moves, how do I connect the brain's motor skills that we were previously underwater from a sensory skill now we have a motor skill, so every time we do something and we crack the neck and the neck moves better, we've got to follow it up with some degree of tension because the only way that you can start to apply motor skill acquisition is with tension and it's with force, maybe low levels of force, maybe high levels of force, maybe in certain ranges, maybe in full ranges. And again, I don't think anybody has done a better job in the things that have helped me uh, use some of the, the layers of, okay, do this, do this, do this, do this, put it into a box, and then all of a sudden the, the song plays and the jack-in-the-box comes out, and then you really start to understand things. So um, I would love to be able to say, you know, obviously I've been you know, um, doing some circus things you know, with my lower body for a long time, such as splits, and I'm going to be honest, I learned this stuff from Pavel. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make it any better or worse. So, um, but if, if you don't have access to Pavel and you choose to have access to Spina, 
this stuff is just fantastic. It, it's um, I'd love to be able to say that um, you know when if you're if you're trying to get through a sticking point in a lift, you use isometrics. Um, so and I think Spina would admit this. He would say like he didn't make anything up. Like none of this stuff is new. He feels very strongly about the package that he's put around it. I also feel very strongly about the package he's put around it. I would just love again for there to be more exposure to what's not in that package um, because those techniques are, are, are can can really get into certain levels of fitness, um, but they do not achieve all levels of fitness. And of course, you to, to control all of your ranges of motion is very very valuable. But how about we could also talk about what we can do to myofibrils and what we can do to sarcoplasm and what we can do to uh, improve physiological qualities as well other than the histological physiology of, of the uh, percentages of the components of the tissue in the first place. So yeah, I've, I've absolutely used it. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Um, I, I, it's probably gotten to a point where I'm not sure I would even want to be in the course anymore because there's such a, the, the, um, uh, the, you always regress to the mean. So now after there's been like seven, eight iterations, you know, over the last couple years, um, there's a lower level of individual that goes to the course. And I don't really want to hang out with these people. It's like, no, oh my God. Like people look at me, Speed will say something they think is the opposite of what I say. And they come back and look at me and be like, dude, I, don't, I ain't trying to get involved with this, man. Just listen to what the man has to say. You, know, you already know what I'm going to say. You just want me to talk shit about my friend, and I'm not going to do that. And, and um, so, you know, it, it's hard because when something comes out and is really, really good, and then people hear about it, more people go. And that's what we like is when we're trying to support our family with the, the, these models. But then all of a sudden, the more people to show up, you, you regress to the mean. You regress to the mean. You regress to the mean. And the level of intelligence, the level of discern, the level of filter that uh, most students have, Sometimes I run a course and it is absolutely blissful, like it's awesome. And then other times I teach a course and it's like, I can't, I mean, the only thing that I have going for me is that I'm walking home with a check. Like it is miserable because there's these people that just don't have a filter and I'm saying things that probably really offend them. And they're not even able to understand how, how possibly Charlie could say that about the, I thought he would have loved this stuff. I'm like, no, that's garbage and here's why. And um, so it's uh, it's tough at, at some point when when these fantastic courses how they kind of fall to the left a little bit um, you know to, to where what I would personally enjoy uh, being a part of so maybe I just sit in the back and, and listen and not not get involved so much. Yeah, I mean it's funny you say that like that, that happens at any course uh, like. You could you could ask two people how did you find this course and one person like it was unreal. Other person goes oh, I didn't think it was good because again no two people are coming to the course from the same place so the, the, you know there, there's just there's so many variables into what a person gets from anyone's seminar. For instance, I was at a seminar lately with a gentleman called J John Kiley, and the seminar was with Martin Bingazer of Hammer Media, and it was all around periodization and planning. And, and John has written a lot over the last few years about like how periodization is actually bullshit to a degree, and that there actually is no real hardcore science. It's that a lot of these theorists like Mefiev and Verkashansky came up with all these theories 
and even Ishran, like he even kind of tore asunder Ishran. He's he's like if you look at Ishran's book and his references, a lot of it are his are his own references. He's there, he's just backing it up with it, with his own opinions and thoughts. Now it's not that John is saying that we shouldn't plan or organize training, but um, he, he was just saying that you know we shouldn't be necessarily taking taking these things as gospel and and that to be honest, he was like at the end of the day we should always plan, but we should always know that we can't always control everything because again human bodies are d- dynamic organisms and all that, but he's such a deep thinker of training that a lot of people that attended the seminar were just lost they just they're just you know and and then you were just i was you know i'd be there sitting there thinking god like this information is unreal and he's just not being appreciated because these people didn't have these filters to kind of take in what he was saying because they just weren't at at that position currently where they're at in their coaching career so i i get what you mean by you do you could do one seminar and it's like it's bliss it's unreal because everyone's on that same wavelength and then other times other times you're like this is awful because these people just don't understand where i'm coming from because they have no reference point so 100 percent get that it's funny too speen we've, we've got spina coming to our facility where, where i teach i'm teaching at the moment in a college and uh, his functional range release is coming over a, fr- a friend of ours is organizing it so it's not spina himself now but whoever teaches his european courses but i'm looking forward to it yeah, no, I think the, I think for, for, for where I see it right now, the manual therapy course is stronger because you have a higher level of individual. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, not, it's not because, you know, medical people are smarter than non-medical people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the, uh, the glory and the amazing things, because remember, too, people love FRC, you know, the ones that love it the most are the ones that can actually do the stuff. Yeah. So now you've, put the the smash on even however many more people because now if most people that go are the ones that want to do it for themselves um this is what happened with kettlebell you know where you know it was like the only people that would go to kettlebell are the people that could throw that thing over their head a hundred times so that limits the amount of brilliant excellent minds because to think that you can always have a great mind and great physical abilities. Come on now, like this isn't this isn't how it works. Like you're, you know, not every hot chick is going to be really really smart. You know, once you choose one arbitrary quality, you're going to limit uh, a lot of other things. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy the course. And, and 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 again, you and I can talk about these things. I think a lot of other people would probably be very confused um, because at some point it's even hard to describe. I just wish that we all had a filter to be able to. Uh, all right, I know what he's saying. Oh. I know. I mean, I've been in courses. I elbow the dude next to me. I said, watch this. This is what he's going to say next. Blah, 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 blah. And he says exactly what I th- And I don't even know what he's talking about in terms of the message. But I know the tricks that people use um, when they're trying to be very convincing uh, to other people. So I think it's going to be fantastic. Uh, the, the science is unparalleled. Yeah. Unparalleled. In a, in a topic that is often dragged through the mud. You know, manual therapy this, manual therapy that, you know, pain, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is where the rubber meets the road. And, um, and I'm very, and I'm thrilled that, that somebody like Andrea has been able to, you know, gain a lot of really cool things for his family based on, on elucidating this type of information. Great stuff. So, Charlie, another thing I've, I've really been wanting to talk to you about is uh, PRI and the Posture Restoration Institute. I, I heard you speak about it a little bit with Mike Robertson on his physical preparation podcast, but what are your current thoughts on have you, have you taken any of the courses? And just, like, I'd love to hear your uh, thoughts on it. Uh, <laughs> I, I have taken the course. Let me see. Let me, let me just run a couple things off because I'm not trying to get it. This is a great example where I don't really even want to get into it. But um, the, uh, at some point... If, if you do a technique 
and if it yields something desirable, I have no right, I have no business to tell you that it didn't happen. I'm not calling anybody a liar. I'm not saying that you did this, whatever you did, and that didn't happen. Like, I, I believe you. I believe you that it happened. Um, I can't think of a better example that violates everything that I stand for in terms of a public messenger. Uh, you know, I would say 85% of these people who take these courses are non-healthcare providers. You know as well as I do that these techniques are not fitness-related. They are all fundamental motor skills, and they don't always work. They can't always work. And, and they, use, they use what's called the bookend. They use, and, and they know it, and no one, I'm the only one that feels like saying it. They use what's called the bookend theory, like the bookend model. It's a way that you build a cult. You start with something that's factual, and you end with something that's desirable. So you make factual statements, like the anatomy is different on this side, and you see this percentage or this percentage. They're all facts. They're undeniable. They're facts. And then you finish the, the thought process by showing you this exercise or this movement or this strategy that, that, that appears to be magical. So those are the bookends, except they make, um, they make statements that the anatomy always matters. So you have to build your model around this, these anatomical changes. But we know full well that anatomy doesn't always matter. Like it's just like whether it's through pain or changes in our body, like anatomy doesn't always matter. It's 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 a fact, but it's not always relevant. So the, you know now we're in the inside of those bookends. We have these anatomical facts, and then we say, bang your hand on the table. These anatomical facts always matter. Oh, and here's the tests that I'm gonna make up, which have absolutely no validity. Uh, they're just made up. They're just commercial tests that somebody made up. They're not referenced. They have no sensitivity or specificity because no one's ever even tested them to my knowledge. And I could be wrong. I'm allowed to be wrong. So now when you make up your own tests to confirm your beliefs based on the facts, I got you. Because now I'm going to show you an exercise that will speak directly to my made-up test. I didn't tell you that the exercise didn't work. So what I'd really like you to do is dismiss all of their beliefs and all of their facts, do the FMS or the SFMA, and when you run into a neuro-locked or stability and motor control deficit, use one of your little PRI techniques and, and then move on to ass-kicking fitness where you're allowed to extend your spine, you're allowed to flex your spine, you're allowed to twist. You know, these are just laughable things that are really unfortunate. So I just gave you the filter. Not to mention a couple other things, now that, we're, that you got me rolling. Um, uh, the last time I checked uh, exhalation, uh, forceful exhalation, repeated exhalation, forces a, uh, a release of bicarbonate ion as, be, uh, uh, you know, as we blow off CO2. And when you blow off CO2, your, uh, the bloodstream becomes more basic. And as a result, normal allostasis, when the bloodstream becomes more basic, you have to have a sympathetic response. So I guess they left that part out when they taught all that because I'm, as far as I'm understanding, that these exercises are all supposed to be a parasympathetic response. So when you blow up a freaking balloon looking like you're in a carnival or a circus and you are exhaling, you are creating a sympathetic response. I didn't tell you it didn't, <coughs> excuse me, I didn't tell you it didn't work. Uh, I told you that the science, the lies, the nonsense that they're choosing to tell you is, is really, really unfortunate. And what I just said can be looked up. I said that when you blow off CO2, your blood becomes more basic, 
which means that the, the inherent balance of the system makes it more acidic. But aren't they telling you that that's, that's a sympathetic response? That's not a parasympathetic response. That's a lie. Okay? And, and this is the problem when you find people getting into stuff that don't even have the basic fundamentals of physiology under their belt. Well, this is who goes to those courses. And um, I'll say it again. It doesn't mean that the techniques don't work. I'd like you to, to use them when a, a bipartisan evaluation tells you that, hey, this is what those techniques do physiologically or neurologically. Here's another test, because if you're only going to use your little PRI tests, which have no validity, uh, they're only going to take you to a PRI exercise. Now, I, I know that there's people that are better than that, because they're better than the system. But it would really be very similar to um, Pfizer telling you the, the doctor what drugs to take, because the, the commercial model of the, of the intervention is also based on the commercial model of the evaluation, the testing, and the decision-making. So a doctor would never let Pfizer tell him what medicine to give. The doctor will learn from Pfizer um, what are the physiological or, uh, components of the medicine, and the doctor will run his own evaluation to determine what medicine to give. And that's exactly what we see with a lot of these models where people just make up tests and... Um, they, 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 you become beholden. It becomes exclusive. And by definition, the word exclusive means to exclude things. Well, you can't exclude things unless you're going to look me in the eye and tell me that your stuff does everything. And I'm not interested in the great people that do better than the system. I'm talking about the idiots that follow the system because it's not a system. It's, it's, just, it's just this, um, this, 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 this hijinks. It's just hijinks. And, and there's no angle towards towards fitness whatsoever. Um, it, it's just really strange. So that's probably the first time I've talked about that publicly, um, uh, you know, where obviously I don't mind. But um, it's really disappointing because they really represent this, oh, like they're, they're, they're putting very, very powerful, um, low-level healthcare rehab types of things in the hands of trainers who are going to spend a few minutes doing it per day, and they can't possibly start to see um, the full picture because they're only going in these very linear roads that the, that, that, that evaluation brings you to. So it's very unfortunate, but again, I probably said it four times, I'll say it five. It doesn't mean that the exercises don't work. Mm. And, I really, uh, and, that, and then what I'll get frustrated at is that nobody will remember that I said the exercises work, the exercises work, the exercises work. They're only going to remember me raising my voice and calling the stuff a little circus act because that's exactly what it is. But it doesn't mean the exercises don't work. The challenge is to understand exactly why they work, which they don't tell you. They, I just proved to you that they lie. They tell you it's parasympathetic, but it's actually a sympathetic response when you, when you forcefully exhale. And, of course, I know there's other exercises that don't involve exhalation. Uh, it's just so, it's so, you see how confusing it is and, and this misdirection. And that's exactly what they want, so that they can have all these people putting hashtag in their little letters and, and showing up for course after course after course after course, when in fact, anatomy doesn't always matter. Facts aren't always relevant. And to base your entire model or even a linear train of thought on something that doesn't always matter is really, really unfortunate. Yeah, no, this is why I asked. I really wanted to get your thoughts on it because I, I, I knew that you had some issues with, with some of the concepts of PRI, but... Uh, I suppose I've only just taken some of the home study courses, but 
one thing that I guess is just this is just me personally. I, I'm always a little bit skeptical. But is you know when you see these tests where they're like, see this is the range of motion before, and now we're going to do this drill, and I look at the range of motion now, and I'm like, it looks like you just didn't push it down hard enough the first time like that. Well, right? I, well, I'll tell you what, that's exactly what happened at the uh, at BSMPG last year. Yeah. Where the fellow was up there and then used three models. Um, I'll talk about one of the models. It was Mike Ramphone. And it was a total hijinks, total, total made up what you just said. Like it was totally made up. Like mm. it was totally not, not, not authentic. It would be like I pushed your arm down further or I changed my fixed point to allow the joint to glide a little bit. That's exactly what happened. And for that individual to do that in front of 350 to 500 people, um, it was really frustrating that they chose to do that to art, where they chose to embarrass not only themselves, their model, but to embarrass a, a, um, a great friend like Art um, at, at his course, like his his legacy, his thing um, was really really unfortunate. So you're absolutely right, Robbie, and you could talk to Mike um, about um, how they did that up in front of the room because that's exactly what happened. It was totally make, make believe. Yeah, because it's just the one with the shoulder. I constantly see people doing that, and it's like they, they like when they're do well. This is just what I've seen. They do like when I say they, I say PRI guys doing it. They nearly invariably are always blocking the humeral head from from yeah. an anteriorly gliding. So of course it stops. And then when they retest, their hand isn't that's there, right. and you can see like this chicken peck going forward. It's like, well, that's because the head is after going forward anteriorly. Of course they have more range mm -hmm, of motion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that's it. You know, look, there are techniques that we know um, that can create what appears to be a very dramatic almost magical change um, without being a, a charlatan and changing the fixed point that, uh, that you and I are, are, are describing. We know that there's techniques that can do that. Mm. And some of those techniques you know, involve breathing and relaxation. And um, so it's, it's not to say that it can't happen. Um, I, I, I really, but, but if we are doing that, you know, what happens when you create that, that amazing response and now all of a sudden the person's shoulder hurts now. Um, maybe, maybe they were under that neuro-locked environment because their body was in a truly protective response and they had a labral tear and for the last eight months they've coped with that labral tear to create this, this neurological tension. Luckily it obviously didn't affect the tissue um, in a chronic way, otherwise the technique wouldn't have worked. Mm. Um, but now all of a sudden their shoulder hurts. Yeah. Now what? Now what are we going to do? What, we wouldn't have put a cortisone shot in their shoulder, uh, Mr. Trainer? Yeah, the, the, uh, so it's really um, a ter terribly, terribly uh, incomplete model. But again, remember what I started with. They really embody this putting very, very powerful healthcare techniques into the hands of individuals. And this is a great way to become a terrible physical therapist in, 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 a, in a weekend. And, it, and uh, hey, that, that's my opinion. That, that's, uh, you asked the question. And, that's, and honestly, that's the first time that, um, that I've talked about it. And a large reason why I chose to talk about it is because I've known you for so long and not because I know you'll agree or disagree, but because I trust you and, and like you're, you're, you're actually looking for a real answer. And, um, and I, you know, it's just so frustrating because it's so wrong. It's so wrong. Like why, well, if you want to be a physical therapist, why don't you go to physical therapy school mm -hmm. like the rest of us? Like why do you, because you suck. Like you, you absolutely suck. And I don't want people to suck. Like, I'm trying to help you get better. So if you really don't want to be a trainer and you want to be doing rehab, why don't you just go to physical therapy or chiropractic school or even massage therapy school? 
Yeah, I don't know why. I don't understand this stuff. But to suggest that you got to do you got to do something twice on one side and once on the other. What a joke. What a, what a, what nonsense is that? Like, and, but but then but then and then ten minutes later we'll say, oh yeah, eight out of ten people have a herniated disc and it doesn't matter. Or ninety three percent of NHL players have a label tear. So how come we're allowed to say anatomy doesn't matter sometimes? But when we get to do our favorite shit, I go back to what I said before. People don't want to win. They just want to do what they want to do. And that's a perfect example where you, you, just, you just, no, 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 you just want, so basically I just told you that they're lying to you. I just told you. Now, are you even going to look it up? You know, where I said that exhalation causes a sympathetic response, not a parasympathetic response. Now you're going to start to beat your chest. Go ahead. Try to beat me. Go ahead. See what happens. And now you're still going to do the damn exercises. And that's my proof of where, you know, what, what, you know, what really frustrates me of where I just start to walk away because categorically proof. That, that what I was saying was true, and you're still going to do what you want to do because you really don't want to win. You just want to do what you want to do, and and that's like so annoying. Like like what are you what are you doing? Like you just want to do oh, such a so silly, so silly. Where where did you reference or where 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 could someone reference that that the forceful exhalation is sympathetic or where where did you read that or hear about it? I, I don't I don't have a reference because it's it's uh, I, I mean I imagine it would be basic physiology as you blow off CO two. The bloodstream becomes basic. That's the statement. So in order to balance out the basic, you, you have to make it more acidic. Yeah. More acidic is a sympathetic response. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't have a research paper in front of me. To me, that's just basic physiology. And you know what? For people that have never been exposed to that particular commercial model, that's what they say. They're yeah. like, wait a minute. So you're going to do that, that, and that? Like, this is what happens. That doesn't make any sense. But because they haven't been infected... Um, and poisoned by this highly, highly evangelistic approach to speaking, um, they 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 realize it's it's silly. Yeah. No. Look, I, my knowledge is that when you do inhale, just from physiology, that your baroreceptors, when you inhale, they be, like your. Well, my knowledge of that inhalation is sympathetic, and when when you're sympathetic, it obviously contracts your your vessels, which through your baroreceptors, and then when you exhale, it's parasympathetic, but you're you're right in terms of the the pH balance, but is is it not a fa- like I'm just saying is it not that exhalation is parasympathetic and the fact that you it, it that that the becomes more base is that not the drive then for the, is that not the drive for the next inhalation is that not why you're going to inhale? I next? actually I actually think that's why it works because it's of the inhalation. So yeah, just stop yeah. with the exhalation and then you have other models of like yoga or other types of things. So the whole exhalation is, is bogus. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the inhalation of why it yeah. works. So if that's what you're saying, then yes, that's yeah. exactly why it works. Well, uh, just one thing I'll just personally state is that I, I actually, this is my, my opinion now, is that I, I personally have no... Um, have have no sort of opinion on P- PRI because I've only taken uh, two home study courses and I, and I haven't I just I haven't uh, acquired enough information or knowledge to give it a true opinion so I, I have no official opinion on PRI uh, as of yet but it's just I mean like I highly respect Mike Robertson and Bill Hartman I highly respect yourself and I highly obviously you know I'm good friends with Connor Ryan and I know these guys have integrated it and just obviously when I hear yourself saying this and that and I truly respect it too because I think in our industry too that when when you have peers or you have someone who's a mentor 
and they say something and deep down inside you don't agree with it but you do because at an emotional level you don't want to like lose their friendship or lose their approval but like at least like you have the balls to be like I don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks this this, this, is, this is what I think and you're good friends with Mike and Bill so I highly highly respect that um, so I really appreciate you you know being very candid and open about it here but yeah, yeah. but personally myself just for anyone I, I personally don't have any opinion on PR because again I it's it, it again it goes back to I don't want to be hypocrite because at the start of the show we spoke about the FMS from from the FMS or the FMS systems I, I feel that I have a very good knowledge of those systems and I, I feel that I'm, I'm in a very good place to give my opinion on the FMS and to defend it when it needs to be defended um, uh, and, and, and you know what too I, I, I probably if I studied more now, obviously, I'm not going to because I refuse to support what they do. Um, I could probably be better at what I do. Um, I'm choosing not to. Um, maybe I would have a better or a different understanding if I chose to expose myself more. See, I'm I'm admitting all these things, just like mm. just like uh, you know, just like what you just did. So yeah. you know, that's where I'm at. Those are my those are my questions. I'm not going to support anything that uh, you know has is so blatant in in their you know, putting powerful tools in the hands of, of non-healthcare providers. If, if they didn't do that, would you be more Yes, open? absolutely. That's the number one. Remember, that's what I started with. That's the number one. Number two is the made-up words. But like why, 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 why don't you just... Sorry, that sounded terrible. Why don't you? Because I'm like I was demanding. But w- no, no, would, 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 you, would you not yourself just do the courses for you and, and be able to take what you want from it yourself and kind of like, you know, just... What, like if they're gonna have it open to other non health professionals, well then just that's gonna be what it is, and and then but... yeah, I think I could like you know physically, yeah, you know, I, I then, and 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 so so it's a, it's definitely a worthy question. Um, it's it's not how I want to spend my time because in order to gain what a what I would get out of it, I would have to put myself into a position of let's say so it's sixteen hours. You know, if I were to gain four hours of information, that's twelve hours of me being miserable, and I'm not. I don't. I'm not, I don't want to put myself yeah, in that situation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just another so I know I, I, I don't know if they do anymore, but the SFMA used to allow non-medical professionals on as well at one stage. I think I think they do, and and um, it, they don't. It, it's just an evaluation. There's no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know. And yeah. now now. Now, if we want to go down the road of okay, well, if you put an, if you put an evaluation into the hands of somebody that shouldn't be acting on it, well, now you're giving them you know the you know, the chainsaw, but there's no gas in it. I'm on board. I'm on board with that. I agree. I would like, but I don't. I don't think a level of evaluation is the same as a technique. Yeah. Because yeah, the technique, the the problem is, is that the technique can't always work. And when you put uh, somebody that has a fitness mindset. You know, think about like we have to bench press over and over and over again to get the result. Mm, but mm. we know that's physiological changes. Yeah. The neurological changes is like you breathe ten times and all of a sudden you can touch your toes. That's different. Except people will that if you if you take in uh, that situation without a brilliant evaluation like the SFM, right? Then you're going to keep trying to breathe for six weeks. And now all of a sudden the problem is potentially worse. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, that's 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 how I see the difference. If I had a choice, yes, I would prefer that there would not be healthcare providers in the in the room for SFMA as well. Not that's, not yeah, yeah, not non healthcare yeah. providers, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so Charlie, just wrapping up, um, is, is there anything anything over the last like? 
six months to a year like that that has really changed anything in the way you do things apart from um, apart from maybe i know i know you, you didn't say spina necessarily changed anything you kind of just brought more science to it, but is there anything you've changed your mind really on over the last two or three years or um, one, one year even i've i uh since um since uh you know probably more than a year but since being involved with um with canada basketball um, I really spent a lot of my time, you know, if I have to pick a topic, it's on motor skill acquisition. Mm, mm. And I actually and, have a question uh, here on that. So yeah, maybe yeah. touch, touch, touch into some skill acquisition. Well, basically if we, you know, you know we're looking at, and, and then not only motor, just like with any topic, like how do you tie everything in together? How do you put it all together? You know, where not only what do we know about motor skill acquisition, but basically, how do we show up to that motor skill acquisition? So it's not just the cueing of external cues, internal cues. It's not only how do we coach and create connections, but what are the physiological um, uh, platforms in which motor skill acquisition is, is, is most robust, but also when does it not happen at all? And a lot of that had to do with our afternoon practices um, because our morning practices would be so stressful and then guys would come back and like, you know, like, okay, guys, like, coaches, what is the purpose of this afternoon? Like, when you put shots up, like, quote, unquote, just put shots up, can I say that the reason that you're doing that is because you want to get better at shooting? So you're creating mastery of this particular technique. And, you know, you're so unrecovered. So now when we started to get into Omega Wave and some of our other testing, um, you know, and we use lots of different things, so it's not just one. You know, we have reason to believe that in that afternoon, you can't get better at a skill uh, because of the physiological environment that we believe is is occurring. So it's um, you know, and then like, like, how do we put people into positions to you know what? Maybe what's the difference between precision of skill and skill mastery? So maybe yeah, there's a different set of rules. Um, the physiology is the same in, the, in terms of the platform, but the, uh, how do you, how do you uh, get the skill down the first time? And now, now how do you create the variability of, of mastery? And these are all things that I really try to study a lot because I want to win. And um, you know, it's, 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 you know, how, how do we contribute? Because the efficiency of these afternoon practices was really something that I thought we could get a lot better at, and that's where I tried to study. Like, not so much how to put together uh, a, 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 a quote-unquote voluntary practice session, but what are we trying to accomplish? Like, what's the, and again, it goes back to just learning about sports science from people that have been doing this way longer than me and are a lot more intelligent than me. It's like, ask the right questions. So what is it that we're really trying to accomplish and, and can it even be accomplished? So it's like a, asking the right questions is a, is a concept that, um, you know, like people don't ask the right questions. So when you see people get mad, I talk about whatever their favorite stuff and they get mad because they're not even asking the right questions. They're just, oh my God, like that's, somebody was able to present a shiny new rock and um, that's you know, not always how it works. Great stuff. Uh, something I actually meant to ask at the start is, what do you? So you said Canadian basketball. Aside from Canadian basketball, or is that the only thing you're doing right now? What exactly are, are you doing right now, or where are you situated? Are you just 100 percent with Canada basketball, or are you still in New York? Or um, well, all, all of the above. So I have responsibilities with Canada basketball all year because you know, our our senior national team, where the the glory is. Um, we actually, you know, not next. 
next week, but the week after we start our camp um, for the for the summer. And uh, so I'll be in Toronto for a month, and then if we are able to win our qualifying tournament in the Philippines, then we'll go to Rio, mm. and then I'll be gone for you know I'll be home a week or a week or so, and then gone for another month. Um, but all all year we're managing um, all of our high school based and even younger athletes um, throughout our entire throughout our entire program. So uh, I'll be in Toronto very rarely, but but I have direction. Uh, and influence over, but we have like a great staff where everybody believes in, in the same core beliefs and really have an exciting level of management because it's like, guys, here's what we do, just get it done. And and um, it really works for the, the decentralized nature. But I still have an office in New York. I still have an office uh, in New Jersey. Mm. Uh, I still travel and, and teach my course or, 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 uh, or communicate at seminars. And um, and then obviously throughout the summer, well, the, the Perform Better Speaker Circuit starts in December. Usually the first one is the first weekend in December in New Jersey, New Jersey yeah. and um, and then going through the, the summer of all the of all the summits. So yeah, that's kind of how my my time is uh, is divided. I'm still signed by Nike. Um, that's always you know kind of cool to be affiliated with uh, with an organization like that. And um, they haven't had a lot of projects available for over the last little bit, but, um, you know, I, I still, I, I would count that as, uh, as a responsibility as well. So yeah, that's, um, and then really just trying to develop a business, you know, where, uh, if, if there's certain things that I can't be a part of because of whatever reason, well, I kind of, you know, focus on, you know, having people that work for me and, and, um, and are able to embody the model and, and, you know, we, we, pretty much hands down, have uh, recognized as the, the best um, non-corporate gym in New York City at Drive 495, and, you know, we'll be there for about four and a half years now, so it's, it's exciting if that's, if that's how I can impart success and, and have the things that I want in my life, then that's, that's kind of what I'll do, and, and Canada basketball will be the, the, the basketball end of it if, uh, if I'm not welcome in, in other places. And just with Canada, is your role more S and C or is it more physical therapy? The cool part is like it's all of the above. <laughs> oh, cool! Yeah. So, so I'm probably my my title is lead physical development, and and I think I have the title of head strength coach. But um, the uh, we all do everything. So technically, I'm probably the number three medical, um, and and I'm responsible. I think I think a lot of times people will describe what I do. I'm kind of like the architect mm. of the of the performance program, where you know we are. But but everybody in our staff has components to the program that um, that they're responsible for, or they brought in, and it's their passion or their their interest level. So you know we we have the coolest part is like we actually have a real staff. So. To answer your question, yes, there's absolute times where I'm doing physical therapy treatment. Most of my responsibilities are fitness and sports science. Cool, that's absolutely awesome. So, Charlie, just uh, just wrapping up, uh, some questions for you here. Um, okay. what, what what have been the last three books that you've read? Um, the Paleo Project. Yeah. Um, from uh, Mark Bugs. Um, the Red Sun, which is like if Superman came to Russia instead of America, and I don't know uh, <laughs> who who wrote it. And um, I, I, I honestly, I don't even know the title. 
both were still um, it's still all up for grabs that way. You know, uh, the, and it, the we, paleo is, is for you, so I can help uh, I can help you. Um, yeah. One to escape is a comic book, and one for me is a self help book. And within the last year, or when I, yeah, we'll say the last twelve months, what's been the best book you've read? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, it's, like, uh, I, you, you know, this too. Like, I'm, I'm a, I love talking about epigenetics and how the environment shapes an organism, and you know, you know, it so often comes back to, 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 to the environment and the culture that people are around. So, but yeah, you, human behavior and and uh, uh, human nature is such such an interesting topic, and, and understanding again why people are the way they are. So, Charlie, yeah, just yeah. just uh, a last little fun one here, um, and then we'll wrap up. If uh, if you could invite say five people to dinner dead or alive who would they be and why uh five people I, I, the one is easy like Vince McMahon um that, that's easy uh let's so see Vince I have one. to think about the other one um <laughs> they don't have to be real people either now so you could say Superman or Batman oh uh, no I don't care about Superman um, the Green Lantern It's good. I mean, it's got all fine. Uh, it makes you think, though. Like, doesn't it? When people ask you, it makes you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, if I say the, if I say one, then I have to say a couple others, and I don't have any more. I don't have any more spots. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll we'll squeeze a sixth guy in if we have to. <laughs> um, well, you know what? There, there's there's a there's a there's a lot of other. So if you're gonna give me one more, um, the, the the some of the best um, professional opportunities are the ones that I've been able to do with some of my best friends. So I'm gonna put 
Keith D'Amelio and Walter Norton. Um, and the videos that, that we did, um, you know, there I think somebody just floated it around recently about what we did at Nike wow. several years ago during the during the lockout. Um, yeah, that's that's. Uh, ah, see, now I want to put more on the list because if I'm going to do it that, then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, part of part of the dream team, like Sam Gibbs, who I work with in Canada basketball, and um, you know, these are you know Neil Ramp, you know, the, this this is the dream team. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, that really have the, the, the same core values and actually have the filter um, to see through these things and then just utilize things that, um, you know, get to victory is, is, is you know, the, the conversation will never go bad <laughs> at dinner. Maybe Vince McMahon will screw it up, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, from, from stories I heard about how competitive Walter Norton is, I'm sure he'll be able to look after it. Yeah, yeah, true enough. Uh, so Charlie, where can people find out more about you? It's still charliewinegroff.com? Yeah, yeah, charliewinegroff.com, cwagon75 on Twitter, charliewinegroff on Facebook and Instagram, and um, Drive495 in New York City is probably where I'm able to see the most folks. Um, and uh, that's, the, uh, that's the deal. And when, when's, uh, when can we expect uh, TR3? I think we're going to film it in the, in the like, middle of fall. So. Cool. Cool. It won't be uh, if we if we are able to do that, then it won't it won't be ready to go until you know around this time a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, in, uh, in in two thousand seven. You'll be you'll be getting you'll be getting those really annoying emails from me. I always email Charlie. When's it out, Charlie? When's it out? Well, and Charlie's always yeah. like Robbie. The edit the editing takes like months. <laughs> well, um, actually, um, the the first Perform Better Summit is uh, I don't know when this is going to air, but. The, uh, it's the first weekend in July. Oh, I'm did. sorry, in June, in June. So next week, it's in Orlando. They've added a fourth one. Yeah. And uh, I will be debuting the uh, teaser trailer to T equals R3. So I'll put that on social media after my talk on um, in, uh, in Orlando. So that will kind of force me to, to film it. But we already, we already have it in mind for the, the fall. And, uh, and then the editing will take a couple months and and it'll really be skewed towards fitness. It'll be skewed away from um, some of the things that we talked about today. Because I don't like talking about it. Like, I did it. You know, it's what I believe, so I'm not embarrassed about it. Yeah. But I really don't look forward to having to be a target, you know, for these idiots who believe this nonsense. So that's why I'd rather not talk about it. And um, uh, But we're not going to talk too much about that stuff on the DVD. It's really just going to be uh, fitness. Um, and just wrapping up here now because I, I know that you're busy and I have to go as well but yeah in, in terms of T3 uh, versus um, TR2 and 1 like what, could, could you say maybe what, what's going to be different about it or what's more covered is skill acquisition going to be a more a co- of a yeah, covered topic yeah skill acquisition and and um, programming wow. of how I would train different people nice in terms, nice. In terms of um, using a concurrent model Using Westside and then using uh, it's not not because you can't say you use a block model, but like actually starting to understand some of the physiological components primarily towards work capacity and um, and how you know it's not just the interference effect. It's like all of these different things that add up to work capacity and 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 how you can use those types of things to manipulate physiology. So it's a the story continues to to be told. 
so like you'll put all three of them together and it's like wow like you, you did everything you know from tip to tip I think we'd have a more circular program brilliant brilliant Charlie Weingroff I definitely want to have you back on the podcast more regularly there's still some questions I want to get into like things like pain science and I also actually wanted to discuss as well uh a lot of people lately have been talking about like feet and, and the foot and how the foot interacts with the ground. It all starts with the feet. And I know that I'm, I've often heard you talk about like, you know, that's not necessarily the case. You know, that I think, you, I think I've heard you say something, you, you've never seen a hip that couldn't fix a foot or, you know, so th- there, there are other areas I'd, I'd like to get in with you. Now, if I misquote you, I apologize. But uh, the, uh, it's not a misquote, but I have tremendous value towards the feet. Like, so it's, it's, uh, um, yeah, it's not a, no, you didn't misquote me. Uh, when you see people with flat feet, like, most of the time, training can make their feet less flat. Yeah, less flat, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but as far as manual therapy to the feet, understanding the connections to the foot, to the spine, um, and then maybe even a level of holistic nature, the foot is, is very, very important. To suggest that the foot is always a, a bottom-up approach to cream solutions, <laughs> nothing can be everything it's so yeah, silly but yeah, yeah. but no there's there's tremendous there's tremendous value in having uh, a good focus uh, on the foot and how it can affect osteopathic uh, qualities to the system that's probably the most zen charlie answer i've ever heard you just you, you like you nip that in the bud in a minute usually you go off on a 20 minute tangent well you you, you picked a couple that uh then we could go off on a tangent but but i'm trying and that's but again, like that's that's why that's why I don't talk about that stuff because I'm not equipped. Like I'm, I admit my own limitations. Like I'm not equipped. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? Whatever the way the wind blow, whatever the way the wind was blowing today, we talked about it, and it's like whatever. You want to, you know? I, I I hope one day maybe maybe I get a chance to do what many years ago Dr. McGill and Pavel Kolaj did, where where they evaluated people and the other one wasn't in the room. And I'm going to accomplish, like, three times as much as what these jokers are accomplishing in, in half the time. Yeah. That's my competition. Yeah. That's, that's, what, that's what motivates me. And um, this is what I do. If that's not cool, that's totally fine, man. Yeah. We, we can talk about something else. Cool. But um, I, I really do try to, to be that person who maybe you call Zen. You know, and sometimes I fail. And, and maybe if I fail, it's for good reason, and that's uh, and I'm okay with that. Hey, one, one quick thing: Did you ever make that trip to Buddy Morris and the Cardinals? Sure enough, did yeah, absolutely. Oh absolutely. damn! I really want to. I know we're still we're on time here, but uh, if, <laughs> if, if I if, if I get you back on, could we talk about maybe some pain science? Have you looked at any pain science stuff, Charlie? I uh, I, I have. You know, it, it's, I, I think yes. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about, but. But yeah, I mean, you want to start to talk about some of these jerk-offs on the internet, that might be another topic. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's day. let's yeah but, let, let let's let's uh, let's maybe try and, and get you booked in again soon enough because I really yeah. want to talk about, I really want to talk about the Buddy Moore strip though because I had Buddy on the podcast and uh, you know he's such a funny dude like you know you know the FMS can open blah, blah blah but then he 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 sent me like a Facebook message and he goes you know Charlie's actually coming down and I was like oh, that'd be good. <laughs> you know what though when when you have people that really have the same core beliefs yeah and part of the same core beliefs means i don't care what i do just show me how to win you may not like you're you may that conversation may not been what you thought it was oh i i i I actually i actually have a fair idea that the two that the two years probably were like oh we're both saying the same thing yeah that's exactly right that's exactly right because 
unlike other people, Buddy Morris wants to win. And, 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 and other people don't want to win. And I say that intentionally. Like, oh my God, like, I'm trying to get you to think. This dude is trying to say, I don't want to win. Maybe I should actually listen to what he's saying. Because why would he even say that? Yeah. And, and uh, but yeah, like, I don't, I don't, I didn't even think there was, like, I, again, I didn't really expect, you know, anything to be discord. Because quite frankly, I have never, ever gone into something private like that where somebody felt that they're so strongly about the FMS and that they, they, they did want to win and then I didn't leave that conversation saying that with them saying like okay like what we talked about before you 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 have a better way of saying it I understand what you mean I'm still not going to do the FMS the same reason why maybe I won't do PRI because it just represents something so destructive um, in my mind but but I, I wouldn't like I've had people you know I've had Division One football uh, American football coaches who headbutt players without a helmet on be like wow we really need to tighten that up with the FMS then we probably should be doing it that way and I'm like wow that's that's a really cool thing for you to say that and uh, so I I yeah. knew I knew that was going to be the outcome like when Buddy told me that I was like you, I was like what's going to end up happening is that you're going to realize that you two of you agree like a 99.9% of things like you're again it was just a misinterpretation of what the FMS was representing but the reason why I remember that was because he made a statement like you know I don't need a guy telling me I'm on the B team if I'm not using the FMS and I was like that that's obviously Charlie Weingraff talking about and he was like yeah and my thing was like Charlie comes across arrogant but it's really his passion like so when he says things like I don't need a B team it's just like that's just his passion shining through and I was like when you meet him buddy I'm telling you the two the two E's are going to get on like a house on fire and you'll realise that the two E's are actually operating from the same uh, position in terms of your principles when it comes to training if, if somebody told me that I was on the B team I don't get mad I'm like wait a minute oh this dude might have something that I need where yeah. do I get it and, yeah. and that doesn't mean if somebody gets mad they're a bad person because I get mad at a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Um, I even admitted to you, like, yes, I could probably be a better clinician if I expose myself to these things, but I can't do that. Like, that's, I'm, 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 I'm telling you that here's my kryptonite. Like, I can't sit in a room with these idiots and, and, and deal with this over a two-day period. And if that means I'm not as good as I'm going to be, then, then that's who I am right now, and I'm totally, I'm totally okay with that. Maybe one day that'll change, and maybe one day it won't. But but if you don't but but all of a sudden like now like we we can talk I don't I don't care now we'll talk another time but the 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 when you know, the the way that that we spent our time together in in Arizona there was like everything was totally like like a normal like we we agreed on everything yeah and and maybe that's because part of, because we want to win. And that's what I, it's, it's, it was easy. Like, there was no discord. But if you don't like being on the B team and you think that you have something better, well, then please show it to me. But then I'll show you my stuff. And then we can decide what's better or not. Mm. And uh, I have yet to lose that, uh, that, that discussion, ever. And I never will. So it's, uh, um, because it's not the FMS. It's concepts. It's, it's like, what can joints, because you know, I'm the only one that ever says, can joints get in the right positions to absorb adaptive stress? Yeah, Because yeah. that's not offensive to anybody yeah, anymore. So yeah. we can actually talk about the FMS and never say those three letters, and that's exactly what we did in Arizona. And I say, hey, you know what, man, you know you know how we get to that point. And he just smiled and, 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 and you know, 
hit me on the, on the side of the shoulder. You know, because it's like we kept saying, like, you know, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. You know, because, yeah, yeah, because the joints can't do it. So you got to do something else. And that's the whole lateralizations and regressions, which is what we talked a little bit about, which, which people do anyway. Like, I don't, I'm not making this stuff up. I'm just packaging it. Yeah. And, um, but, no, that was, uh, there was no, like, <laughs> I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me if somebody's not going to do the FMS. Yeah, and I, I think I think that's what I think that's what people need to understand, and I, and I know you you know that I've said the same thing because in my own in my own online uh, video product that I released, like and anytime I present the FMS, I say this. I have a slide in there, and the slide says, "Do I believe everyone has to use the FMS as the tool or only tool to to uh, to to rate and rank movement quality or to or to measure movement quality?" Absolutely not. You can use whatever the hell you want. But I absolutely believe you should be using some sort of objective standardized system. And I actually have you quoted on the slide. It's from it's from that uh, product you did with Joel and Patrick a few years ago, Strength in Motion. And and it, you said in that presentation, if you are going to make up your own screen, it should be body weight, minimally, minim, minimally cued and modifiable. And you were like, I don't care what you use. Same as me. I was like, I don't care what you use. But... I do, I do care that everyone should have an appreciation for movement quality, that everybody should be objectively looking at movement quality. Yeah, I don't, and, and again, I don't even call it movement quality. I say, can joints get in the right position to, to absorb yeah. and adapt? And to be honest, that's better. I'm going to steal that, but I will give you 100% credit. No, no, I, don't, don't, you don't have to give me credit, because like, what's there to be credit? Like, it's, it's just a normal thing. It's yeah. Nothing, it's, uh, it's not like this made-up words like other people use. It's It's... Because now when you say that, can joints get in the right position? So if I, hey, let me ask you something, uh, coach, uh, whatever. Um, like, when you when you set up that program that you did for so-and-so, did you believe that the joints had to be able to get into the right positions before they execute that program? Yeah, of course. All right, man, thanks. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. No one disagrees with that. Yeah, it, no it, offends, it offends that. no one. Like. Yeah, so, so again, I'm proving. You, remember what we did when we started, like, Charlie, what's the difference since 2012? How I try to communicate is yeah, different from yeah, 2012. Yeah, and and yeah. you know who taught me how to do that? A fellow who we all know. His name is Greg Cook. How do we get people to do, like, how do you, like, the way, when, when two people disagree, you know, try to prove that you actually do agree. And most of the time, if you're right, you will be able to prove that the other person actually agrees with what you're saying. We just get offended by words. Yeah. And that's the danger of making up words just to promote your own model. So yeah. I didn't make up any words. I don't need any credit for can joints get in the right position to absorb and adapt to stress. Yeah. Yeah. Because we all do that. If you want me to sprint, I have to have certain joint motions. Now, I might suggest that the FMS can tell me uh, about sprinting. Maybe. Uh, I don't, I'm trying to think why, where would it? It actually would. It, like, every joint position in sprinting is cleared in, in the FMS because it's a general activity. Again, there's going to be specific activities, SPP, that are not covered in the FMS, and that's why you need a screen for, your, for most, or I don't know most, of a certain amount of sports. And, and look, that's, yeah, if you don't do that, you are on the B team. And if somebody doesn't need to hear the being on the B team, that means you suck even more because you can't you can't accept that somebody might actually know something that you don't know yeah. and you don't want to know it. Well, I know what I don't know to a degree, and I but I damn sure want to know it. And and if somebody has something that can help me get better, you know. And again, I'm so 
own my own hypocrisy because there's certain things that I refuse to sit a part of because of what they represent in the commercial community. Yeah, that, that, hey, that, this that, is it, man. That, it's all on my sleeve. That's yeah. all it is, man. Well, at least uh, I was, uh, that was just one other thing I was just about to ask was that, and you've just touched on it, and, and in fairness, at least you said it, like, is that not a little bit of hypocrisy in that you're saying, I, I don't want to be in the B team, but yet, like, you're still not willing to do the rest of the PRI stuff? And you because could. Because it's not, it's not, like, because I, I have DNF, it's the same. Like, I have, yeah. you know, yoga. Like, it's, it's not, it, it doesn't deliver something that other things can't deliver. That, that's, that's my defense for that. But I even admitted it, I admitted it. Yeah. But, but no, if you, if it's, be, be, it, it's a, it, so whether you, uh, you know what, you, you've seen people. Um, can't touch their toes. They do uh, RT one, you know, where their legs are elevated and their arms are down by their side. Yeah. And they get up and they get up and touch their toes, right? You've yeah. seen that. Is that, that that's fair. Yeah. So why, yeah. Help, so, so why do I help? Why, why do I why, why do I need to go learn another model that says I should do the exact same thing with a little red ball in between my knees and my arm over my head? Yeah. Like the other one worked because they're really like what makes them valuable is the same as the others. Um, and quite frankly, we can look at DNS patterns and have more of a direct lineage to aggressive fitness. They're not nearly as esoteric as some of the other things that we see. So if I put you into three and a half month, four and a half month old prone on elbows, I can take you into a plank and I can take you into crawling in a very, very systematic progression. I can't do that with a lot of other things in other models. Mm-hmm. Like. Like uh, again, that's that's your opinion, and I I hundred percent like if that's your opinion, I, I absolutely accept it. But but I, I I would I would disagree with you because like it's it's very hard to give. A, and I, I and I understand your gripe with PRI. And listen again, I've no opinion on PRI, but it, this is just a, a more of a kind of a concept idea of just if it was any subject, not even just PRI. But if you haven't done all of their material courses. You can't really give it a, a full like thumbs down. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. I haven't done all their courses. That's fair. Yeah, just because we, we we would make the same argument when we're defending the function movement systems. Yeah, that's that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm, I'm, yeah, because I understand when people in Europe get mad at FMS after I categorically proved that it's not what they thought. Yeah. Because they lost business and these lunatics come in there and put yellow rubber bands around uh, first division soccer teams yeah, and they, yeah, they yeah. stop all training because they had a, a certain FMS score. That's equally as ridiculous. So I understand why that individual might you know, find, after some critical conversation, find value, but they're still not going to do it yeah. because of what this thing emotionally represents. Yeah, and that's yeah. where I'm at. And yeah. that's, you know, hey, man. That's well, at least, at least you're, you, you, like, again, you admitted it. Like, so yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, that's the main thing. Um, no, Charlie, that's that's absolutely uh, that's absolutely brilliant. Um, um, you you know, just something I want to say. We were talking about Buddy Morris as well there, and I asked you about books. I recently finished Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and you're just talking about like communicating your message better since 2012. And one of his habits, habit four, was you know seek first to understand, then to be understood. And I think that's I think that's a lot of the cases. You know, in in, in you know things like the FMS and and like which you're meeting with Buddy and all that. You know, if you say, "Right, buddy, what's your gripe with 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 the FMS?" and then he says it, and you go, "Well, let's actually this is this is what it's about." And then again, it's just being able to communicate that message better. And I think you do a fantastic job. Again, going back to, you know, can you get the joints in the positions you want so that they can be stressed? So, 
Um, it's a, you know I think learning how to communicate messages is very very important. So uh, that, that, that's, I think that was just great. So I knew that was going to happen with Buddy. I knew I was like Buddy, just wait till you meet Charlie. I guarantee you, it's you, you'll you'll change your mind. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's 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 wrong of me to say that he, he didn't change mind, but he'll he'll see it from a different perspective and realize that there is no disagreement. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, I, I don't know, man. It's it's uh, everybody just does what they do, and, and you know what? Maybe this conversation will take me a different direction because unlike these other people who I don't respect, I have a high amount of respect for you. And maybe I'll go take a, another course that maybe I wouldn't take. I, I doubt it because where I'm at emotionally, I can't sit through this crap. And the way, the way I, the, the, the uh, making up words and, and all these people getting all waving their flags and whatnot. Um, but maybe I will. Maybe I will. I don't know. Maybe you can, you can do a bit of Bruce Lee on it, you know, like take, take what you think is wordy and get rid of the rest. But that's what, I mean, that's, that's kind of like what we're supposed to do. It's just, uh, like, you know, um, I go to, I elbow my buddy when I did take that course. And I'm like, what, is, what do these three letters mean? Blah, 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 blah. Why the hell don't they just call it a tight back? Why do they have to call three letters of made-up words? Like, why are they doing that? Yeah, and he shakes yeah. his head and smiles. Like, why? Like, why? Why do you make it harder? Why do you make it... That doesn't make things easier. So that's going to be hard for me to sit through, but maybe uh, maybe I will. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, uh, and when you do, we'll have you back on, so it'll be, it'll be another episode <laughs> of so. Hey, Charlie, listen, this, uh, this, was, uh, this was absolutely brilliant. Uh, so, so good, and... Uh, the audio was much better than I, I remember when I interviewed you for the first one it was a bit muffled um, when I interviewed you back in 2012 but the audio was much better on this thankfully oh cool uh, alright so that's all that's all good so yeah. uh, listen I mean I'd love to have you back on you know Always, in, the, in, the not, in the not too distant future maybe it, may, well definitely have you back on definitely have you back on I mean it's not it's going to be a year from now when, when T or T comes out but we'll definitely have you on when that's about to come out you know to get the word out a little more but Maybe have you on again, maybe after the Olympic Games, and uh, and we can you know get into more topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, we're there, and, and we got more stuff to talk about. Great stuff. Uh, so just stay online, Charlie, just for one second. I'll just yeah. wrap the show up. So guys, I don't even need to say that was an absolutely brilliant episode with Charlie. So uh, it was just a real open, candid conversation. As I said, emailed him yesterday. If you want to do a podcast, boom, let's do it tomorrow at this time and. You know, it's been such a great, great hour and almost 40 minutes. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. I hope the audio was good. Uh, keep supporting the podcast with your reviews. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Stay strong.